Of course, that goes against all the formal rules of golf. You won't see any professional golfer calling out mulligan. Well, wouldn't it be nice, however, if there were mulligans in life, if you were given some do-overs for things you've said or done, uh, perhaps decisions that you have made. Sometimes people live with regrets and heartache and misery for many days, months, and sometimes years because of sins they have committed, because of choices they have made, because of things that they have done. And there would be a tremendous desire to do things over again if you had the opportunity or the chance. Have you ever just thought about how you might live your life differently if you had it to do all over again? Have you ever gone down that miserable, winding, and in some ways fruitless road of wishing that things had been different? Well, this morning we are going to look at God giving Jonah a second chance. A second chance in life is a, is a wonderful thing. When God gives us that opportunity to make right what we have done wrong, to start over, uh, to be able to fulfill his purpose when we had been unwilling previously to do so. This morning we want to consider, and our theme is God graciously gives Jonah a second chance to fulfill his service to the Lord. God graciously gives Jonah a second chance to fulfill his service to the Lord. The key verse is found in verse 1 of chapter 3. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. There's the second chance. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. So this morning we are focusing on second chances. The first thing I would like us to note is the need for a second chance. Why did the word of God come to Jonah a second time? What was the reason for that? What was the need? Answer, because Jonah had disobeyed the first charge that God had given to Jonah. Back in Jonah chapter 1, God had given a charge to Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah disobeyed that charge. Jonah willfully disobeyed the word of God that came to him. The emphasis in Jonah 1 is the contrast between what God had said and what Jonah had done. Notice in verse 3 of chapter 1 it says, but, but Jonah, a conversive. God told Jonah to do one thing, but he did another. That another is, instead of going to Nineveh, Jonah heads for Tarshish. He goes in the exact opposite direction. Verse 3 of chapter 1, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish. To Tarshish. Instead of obeying God, Jonah seeks to flee from God, his word, his presence, in verse 3. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So God had come to Jonah, but God 
but Jonah had decided to disobey and to do exactly opposite of what God had told him to do. I'd like us to look at the occasion for the second chance. This second chance came after all that had gone before. If you look at verse 1 of chapter 3, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah. King James translates it, And the word of the Lord came to Jonah. NAS, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. The emphasis is the connection. This is a word of connection. It is in association with what had previously gone on before. So what had gone on before? What is the then? What is the now? When does this second chance happen? Well, it comes after all the hardships that Jonah had faced. Uh, those hardships can be characterized in chapter 2, verses 3, 4, and 5. If you remember, Jonah is on board the ship, headed to Tarshish. God sends a storm, and that ship is about ready to come or fall to pieces. And Jonah is unrepentant. Jonah knows that the reason that that storm has occurred is because of his disobedience. He even says so to the sailors. But rather than repent, he'd rather die. And so he tells the, sold, the sailors to throw him overboard. And they do. And when they throw him overboard, Jonah is about to die. In Jonah chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, it says, For you cast me into the deep, knowing the sovereignty of God, knowing that ultimately God is responsible. Into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy mountain. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. He was fainting. He was about to die. All of that had just transpired. Oftentimes, second chances come after people have experienced grief and heartache and misery as a result of their choice. Uh, oftentimes, there is a consequence that has to be experienced and lived out as a result of our rebellion or our sinfulness or our mistakes that we have made. And people find themselves in a place of great unrest, great unhappiness, great misery. It's wonderful to know if you are in that state that perhaps there's a second chance available to you. That perhaps all that has gone before can in some way be mitigated by the Lord. That second chance came after Jonah's prayer of renewed commitment to the Lord. Look at Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish. The essence of that prayer is given to us in verse 9. But I, with a voice of thanksgiving and sacrifice to you, what I have vowed I will pay, salvation belongs to the Lord. So Jonah said, what I have vowed I will pay. 
Remember that Jonah is a prophet. Jonah is a person that had already been used mightily of the Lord. He had already been prophesying in the land of Israel. He had made some commitments to God, but he went back on those commitments when he was uh, rebellious and said that he wasn't going to go to Tarshish, but instead uh, to Nineveh, but instead fled to Tarshish. Well, in the midst of all of his affliction and all of his hardship, Jonah repents. And he says, God, I will do what you want me to do. I will pay my vows. I will take responsibility. I will be your servant. Second chances often come when a believer confesses their sin and desires to continue to be used of God. When people come to their senses and realize that they have broken, broken their vows, they have not fulfilled the commitment that they have made to the Lord Jesus Christ. When they recognize their sinfulness and they cry out seeking God's forgiveness, oftentimes he provides a second chance. The third thing that I'd like you to see here, and it's, it's kind of unique, and that is that the second chance came as a result of the obedience of the fish. Let me say that again. The second chance came as a result of the obedience of the fish. You say obedience, a fish being obedient? Yes, that's what I'm saying to you. This came as a result of the obedience of the fish. Notice with me verse 10 of chapter 2. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out of the dry land. The Lord spoke to the fish. Uh, the NAS commands it, uh, translates it, the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah up onto dry land. Uh, I'm a stickler for words because uh, the scripture states that it is inspired, and uh, I believe every single word in the word of God is important. And we should note there's a difference between 117 and 210. Look at 117. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Uh, some have translated that God prepared a great fish. It's speaking of the ordination of God. It's speaking of the sovereignty of God. God saw to it that there was a fish there to swallow up Jonah when he was in the midst of the sea. Verse 10 says, the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah up unto dry land. We could probably argue about whether or not the obedience of the fish was voluntary. Did the fish have a, a, a choice? Well, I'll leave that for the theologians to count how many, pin, how many angels are, are dancing on the head of a pin. But rather, I would just point to you that it says that what God told the fish to do, it did. And it is significant because Jonah is in the condition he's in because 
He was unwilling to do what God had told him to do. Unlike Jonah, who failed to do what God had commanded him to do, uh, the fish does exactly what God tells the fish to do, and that's to vomit up Jonah. Why I think that is significant is because second chances often are a result of other people's obedience to God. Without other people being obedient to God, second chances don't happen. If it were not for the willingness of others to follow God's word and forgive us when we have sinned, we would not be afforded some of the second chances in life that we are. If it were not for the long-suffering, for the patience, for the forbearance of individuals that we have wronged, that we have sinned against, that are willing to follow God's word and extend to us the forgiveness that the word of God provides. If it weren't for people that are willing to restore individuals that have sinned and give them an opportunity to continue to serve even though in the past they had been unfaithful. Realizing the need to trust in God that God changes people's hearts and minds. If it were not for the faith of other people, many of the second chances that we are afforded would not happen. So this second chance comes as a result of all the heartache and misery out of the repentant heart and attitude of Jonah who now takes responsibility for his sinfulness and wants to be used of God and the fish vomiting up on dry land. The third thing I'd like you to see is that this second chance was graciously given by God. The second chance was graciously given by God. Verse 1 of chapter 3. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. I can't tell you how gracious God was in speaking to Jonah a second time. You know, um, God rarely speaks in the scriptures. Uh, There aren't many that were privileged to actually hear the voice of God. God spoke to Moses. God spoke to Abraham. We could almost list on two hands the number of people that God spoke to. So Jonah was uniquely privileged to be a prophet, to be a conveyor of God's truth, to be one whom God revealed himself to, the one that God personally spoke to and addressed. Well, as privileged as Jonah was to have God speak to him, and then in his obstinacy to reject what God had said for God to come a second time and speak to Jonah. And we should realize that through this entire process, from the time that Jonah is rebellious to God until the point where the fish vomited him up on the dry land, that God was silent. 
God had not said anything or communicated anything to Jonah. He did not hear a word from God. And that was only just. That was only right. For remember that Jonah was fleeing from the presence of God. Jonah had said he wanted nothing to do with God. And now for God to come and speak to Jonah a second time, who had intentionally sought to not hear from God and distance himself from God, was tremendously gracious on God's part. And not only was God gracious in speaking to Jonah, but he was gracious in what God said to Jonah. As we think about what God said, we could first stop and think about what God did not say. There's no rebuke of Jonah in this passage. God does not call Jonah on what he did. There is no reprimand. There's no criticism. God does not address the sinfulness of Jonah at that point. Jonah had already been convicted. Jonah had already come under an awareness of his sinfulness. There was no need. And God, in his grace, didn't bring it up again. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, sometimes people won't let us forget the things that we have done. We can ask for their forgiveness, but it keeps coming up time and time again. In arguments, in hurtful ways, people throw up to us time and time again things that we have done perhaps 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. They don't forget. They hold grudges. Not a word from God to Jonah about Jonah's disobedience. Instead, there comes this gracious command of Jonah, of God, to Jonah in verse 2. Here's what God said. Arise, go to Jonah, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. Note the similarity of Jonah 3.2 to Jonah 1.2. 3.2, arise, go to Jonah, uh, to Nineveh. Jonah 1.2, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Verse 2 of Jonah 1, that great city. Verse 2 of Jonah 3, call out against it. Jonah chapter 1, verse 2, and call out against it. It was a recommissioning. It was the exact same message. What I have told you to do, now do it. It was truly a second chance, in the fullest sense of that word. Here was a chance to do exactly what God had told him to do the first time. Now, do it again. Well, note, Jonah seizes upon the second chance. 
What is stressed in the account is Jonah's obedience. And that obedience is contrasted with his disobedience in three ways. First, his obedience is stressed and is contrasted in the word so. Notice Jonah 3.3. So, Jonah arose. Now, look at Jonah 1.3. But, Jonah arose. 1.3 is a contrast. Jonah 3.3 is a declaration of obedience. So, therefore, consequently, as a result, he obeys. His obedience is stressed in his destination. Notice Jonah 3.3. 3. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh. As contrasted with Jonah 1.3, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish. But here's the greatest contrast. His obedience is stressed and his acting in compliance to the word of God. Notice Jonah 3.3. 3. But Jonah arose, went to Nineveh, and now these words, according to the word of the Lord. Which stands in contrast to Jonah 1.3 where he fled away from the presence of the Lord. This time, he listens to the word. The previous time, he tried to get as far from God and his word as he could. Jonah is obedient. He adheres, he submits to the second chance. He who was to proclaim God's message was now willing to obey God's message. This is probably one of the simplest passages of Scripture that I've spoken on. It's an extremely simple message, a message of second chances. And as I think about second chances, there are some things that you need to be aware of. First, there is no guarantee that God is going to give you a second chance. Let me say that again. There is no guarantee that God is going to give you a second chance. God graciously provides Jonah with a second chance. God did not have to. God did not need to. God was not obligated to give Jonah a second chance in any any element of that word necessitated. He was not, God was not necessitated out of weakness. Jonah was not the only person that God could have used. Jonah was not the only prophet available. Jonah was not the only child of God alive at the day and time in which Jonah lived. In fact, there are contemporary prophets who were writing at the time that Jonah is ministering. Jonah, God didn't need Jonah. He was not obligated. It was not necessary for God to give Jonah a second chance. Secondly, God was not morally obligated to give Jonah a second chance. God's justice did not require a second chance. God's goodness did not require a second chance. God's grace 
did not require a second chance. There was nothing in the character of God that obligated God to give Jonah a second chance. In fact, we could go through the scriptures and note numerous peoples that were not given second chances. Let me give you just two examples. One, when the sons of Aaron uh, offered up uh, strange fire to the Lord, they were immediately struck down dead. I think one of the most striking to me, it, it, it has always stood out to me. If you remember the story of David, when he was transporting the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, instead of transporting the Ark of the Covenant in the prescribed way, which was there, there were on the Ark of the Covenant, which was, which was a rectangular box, and on each corner of the box was a ring, and there were poles that were made to slide through the rings, and the priests were to carry the Ark of the Covenant through these staves resting on their shoulders. They were to walk with this Ark suspended between them. But David decided to disobey God and put the Ark of the Covenant on a new uh, cart. And as that cart was traveling to Jerusalem, one of the oxen stumbled, and as the ox stumbled, the Ark of the Covenant started to teeter. And as the Ark of the Covenant started to teeter and was about to fall, Uzzah reached out to steady the Ark of the Covenant. God said no one was ever to touch the Ark. And when Uzzah reached out to keep that Ark from falling, he touched the Ark and immediately falls down dead. You know, as I looked at that account, it's not like there's wickedness in the heart of, of, of uh, Uzzah at that point. It's not like he's trying to defame God. In fact, he's doing what he thinks is going to honor God by keeping that ark from falling onto the ground. Wasn't it a good thing? And yet God struck him down dead. Why does God give some people second chances and other people's not? I don't know. There's not a clue given in the word of God. That's why second chances are grace. They, they are just unexplainable. But God in his goodness often does give people second chances. Another occasion in which there are no second chances is after we die. If we don't exercise faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in this life, when we die, there are no second chances. Hebrews 9.27 states, as it is appointed for man to die once and then the judgment. Immediately, after death comes judgment. No second chance to believe. No second chance to trust in the Lord Jesus. No second chance to 
ask for your sins to be taken away. It's this life and this life alone. No second chances when it comes to accepting Christ after you die. So there are no promises for second chances. Therefore, any second chances are not acts of God's justice, but rather of his mercy. So when God gives us a second chance, how grateful we ought to be. How thankful we ought to be. How praise should just flow from our mouths as we think of God's kindness and mercy and compassion in dealing with us, that he would give us a second chance. And if God gives us a second chance, what this passage teaches us is we should seize it. We should grab hold of it. When we have been disobedient and once again we hear a call to obedience, this time we ought to be obedient. This time we ought to humble ourselves. This time we ought to say, God, what you want me to do, I will do. Thank you for hearing this a second time. Thank you for giving me life. Thank you for convicting me by your spirit. Thank you for this second chance in life to be able to make some things right, to be able to undo some of the harm that I have done, to bring some peace to the situation, uh, some compassion to others, some benefit to ourselves. Seize the second chance. Maybe you're here this morning and you need a second chance. God is so long-suffering when it comes to salvation. So many times he gives second, third, fourth chances. The scripture says, behold, now is the point in time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You should never, ever put off accepting Christ as your Savior, thinking if you're a child, I'll do that when I'm older. I'll do that when I'm 16. I'll do that when I'm 20. I'll do that after I'm married. I'll do that after this. I'll do that after that. There are no guarantees that you'll ever have another chance. There are no guarantees that, that the Spirit of God will ever convict you again. There's no guarantee that you're going to be alive tomorrow. If you've heard the gospel more than once, you've heard about your need to accept Jesus as your Savior, you know that you're a sinner, you know you need forgiveness, and you haven't asked God to forgive you. Seize this chance. Seize this opportunity. Don't think you may get a third or fourth or fifth or sixth. You may not get any others. This may be it. But not just the call to salvation. Maybe you've been living a life that's very displeasing to the Lord. Maybe you've made some decisions. Maybe you've entered into some actions, had some attitudes. 
You've gone through a lot of misery. You've gone through a lot of heartache. Life's been tough. And you're sitting here today. And God's offering you a second chance. God's giving you an opportunity to rededicate your life to the Lord. To say, I'm done running. I'm done fleeing. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this lifestyle. I accept responsibility. Lord, I want to be used of you. And God offers you a second chance to be used of him, to bring glory to his name, to serve him in ways that previously you're unwilling to do so. If that describes you this morning, I'd encourage you to seize this opportunity. Make the commitment. Ask Christ to forgive you. Ask Christ to restore you. Ask God to use you. Ask God to bring glory to his name. And he will. And he will. For you are sitting here this morning under the sound of his word. Therefore, this word is coming to you today. Our passage says, God's word came to Jonah a second time. Maybe God's word has come to you the 20th time. Seize the opportunity. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you, O God, that you are a merciful and gracious God. Lord, certainly we cannot charge you with folly. We cannot blame you, O God, for things that we have done, disobedience that we've manifested. And Lord, if we don't get a second chance, there is none who can raise their fist or charge you with folly. But Lord, we are grateful that oftentimes you do give second chances. No guarantees, but oftentimes you do. And if people are sitting here this morning, that means they have this second chance. They have this second opportunity to be under your word, under your instruction, under your teaching, under your conviction. And we begin by asking if there's anyone here this morning who's never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you've heard the gospel. You know what it's all about. But you have resisted for whatever reason. You've been rebellious. You wanted to go another way. And maybe even this morning, you're a child that really wishes that you didn't have to come, but your parents made you. Maybe you came here today just kind of kicking and screaming inwardly. If that's you this morning, here's your second chance. I encourage you to accept <clears throat> the Lord as our Savior. If there's anyone here this morning that, that would like to know Jesus is their, is their Lord and Savior who's never, ever committed their lives to him as Savior and Lord, would you quickly raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to know that I talk to you at some other time, some other place. Um, <clears throat> make sure you understand. Anyone at all, would you quickly raise your hand so I can see it? I'll acknowledge it. I'm not going to call out your name. Anyone? Maybe this morning you sat, you know that you're living a lifestyle that God is just totally displeased with. And you haven't cared. And then you've experienced some misery, some heartache, some trouble. Don't, don't, don't attribute that to bad luck. 
Accept that as God's goodness and working in you. Accept that as the consequences for your actions. And cry out unto God and ask that he would forgive you. And he can restore and he can alleviate some of those consequences. He can make that miserable life so much better, so much happier, so much more content than what it is now. If there's anyone here this morning that needs that forgiveness, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. This is not between you and me. It's between you and the Lord. Confess that. Ask Jesus to forgive you and to give you the desire to live a new life, a different experience. Thank God for that renewed opportunity. Take time right now to pray. Oh, Lord, I thank you that you are a forgiving God. Thank you, oh God, that you are compassionate and your mercies are new every morning. Thank you, oh God, for the way in which you deal with us with such patience, such gentleness, such goodness. Lord, thank you for the second chances that you've given to us. Thank you for those times that we have seized them. Thank you for those seasons of repentance. Thank you, O oh God, that things that we have done in the past are no longer brought up, dealt with by the blood of Christ. And you have been using us, and we've been serving you. Thank you, Lord. For others, Lord, give them the confidence of that second chance. Give them a spirit of expectation. That by committing their lives to you, that that their life can be so much different, so much better, so much fuller, so much richer. But most importantly, can be used of you to bring you glory and to achieve your purposes and ends. Lord, bring glory and honor to your name by people accepting the forgiveness that you offer and the service that they can render. Be with us this day in Jesus' name.